What the hell's going on? It's been days since we heard from you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I'm still working on, on getting you guys out. Oh, in the meantime, I've, I've discovered something incredible. You do know we're dying down here, don't you? I've taken the opportunity to do a little research on the sarcophagus. It's amazing what it does to you if you use it when you're already healthy. Welcome to another episode of Stargate Weekly. I'm Stuart Hollis. And I'm That Hate. And this week we're going to discuss Season 2, Episode 5, Need. Yes, we are. Our synopsis from TV Guide. Jackson falls in love with a beautiful princess. Is that really the synopsis? Uh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> the synopsis from TV Guide. Jackson falls in love with a beautiful princess who nurses him back to health with the aid of ghoul technology. Yeah. Yeah, no. That's <laughs> he doesn't Yeah. There's very little about that that's correct. That's like like the weird that's like the synopsis that she wrote. Yes. Yeah, cuz even while he was under the influence of the sarcophagus, he didn't really love her. As evidenced by the conversation he had with Jack, where he's like, I totally tricked her into saying we'd come back. I said I had to go home and straighten a few things out first, and you guys are coming with me. Right. So, our our episode opens as, well, most of them do. Our team step out upon a planet. They're already on the planet, because they're watching them activate the Stargate, so they've already, like, come through and then hidden. Right, yeah. So... They're watching this group of people who have this big pot of stuff and some incense they're swinging around because apparently there's like weird overlap between Gould priests or Jaffa priests, I guess, and Catholic priests. Sure. You grew up not Catholic. Do they swing incense around a lot on the like high holy days? No, that's that's not something Lutherans do. Do they like flick water at you? No, that's also not something Lutherans do. Do they? Hold on. I'm trying to think of other weird Catholic things. And Lutherans are the ones that other Protestants call Catholic light, so. Well, that was Episcopalian. I mean, they also have a lot of the trappings of Catholicism. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah, so they're swinging the incense around. And either Naquita is only delivered unto the system lords in that sort of jar. Or Teal'c's eyes are crazy good. Why not both? Yeah. Yeah. So, it's definitely... When we find out later, I, I guess it, it seems strange to me that it would be such a ceremonial thing. Uh, yeah, it would make more sense for being a big ceremonial thing if there were more than ten people down there. If it was everyone gathered together, it's time for our annual offering to the to the system lords. Right. But... The people there don't work like they're not worshiping a false god anymore. They have their their king, the God Slayer. Mm. He slayed a god. Yes, he did. Did you also have a like uh, have a David Eddie in your head? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Technically, it would be a Malorian reference because he was not the God Slayer yet in the Bulgarian. Right. No, you're right. Yeah. By Torak's beard. Torak didn't have a beard. <laughs> but I did notice that King Godslayer, I didn't, I don't remember his name. Let's he has call him, one. Yeah, let's call him Herbert, you know. So King Herb, he also says Yaffa. Thank you. He also pronounces it Yaffa. Eh, well. 
at least more Yaffa than Jaffa. Uh, Definitely looking more like a Yaffa than a Jaffa. I don't, I don't get that. Well, I mean, these are fake Jaffa, so they are Yaffa, I guess. Well, no, but he's talking about Teal'c. Ah, that's true. And Teal'c was... Is Teal'c now a fake Jaffa? I mean, depend- it depends on how you define Jaffa. If you mean the species, he's very much still a Jaffa. Are Jaffa a species? I believe so. Aren't they just humans that have gone through... Right, but they've gone through... But Jack was almost made a Jaffa. Yes, he was. But but they're still, like... They're still a separate... I mean, they're certainly a... Once they have gone through the thing that turns them into a Jaffa... And I'm not entirely sure if that applies. Like, if when two Jaffa love each other very much and they have a little Jaffa... Does it also... Does the little Jaffa also need to be, like, converted to a Jaffa? Or are they born a Jaffa? Ask Ryak. Right, exactly. He was going to go through the process. He was going to get his the symbiote implanted in him, but yeah. he may have already had the pouch. He may have been born with the pouch. No, because we see it in the episode Hathor that she's got some sort of weird, you know, ghouled apparatus. Well, that's how... That's how you make the original Jaffa. No, there's no way that the weird pouch is genetic. Hmm. I'm I'm putting my foot down and saying the Jaffa are not a species. They're a class. They're they're not a species, not a race. They're a class. There, there, there's no genes there. Well, according to the Stargate Wiki, they are an offshoot of humanity. Yeah, that makes sense. They would have had their own different evolutionary tracks since they have been separated from us thousands of years ago. Which does but... mean that they are their own species. Hmm. Did you know there are actually four different species of giraffe? I did not. Like, science just learned this, like, a year ago. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, they just always, like, you know, I, I guess they'd always just sort of assume just kind of like how, what is like, broccoli, kale, Brussels sprouts? Brussels sprouts. Oh, cauliflower is also the same plant. Right. Like, maybe they just always sort of assumed it was like that. It was like the animal version of broccoli. It's like, we get that you all look different, but you're all really just the same kind of giraffe, right? Mm. <laughs> so, getting back to the episode, mm-hmm. what prompted the whole Yaffa, you know, Yaffa, Jaffa, Jaffa, there's so many different ways to pronounce this thing, mm. uh, thing You forgot was... Yaffa. No, I didn't. No one says that. Don't be ridiculous. But someone could say you fuck. No, they couldn't. I would hunt, I would track them down and just smack them. Anyway, so after we see the jug Onakwada get sent through the Stargate, uh, a woman is walking, running, trotting through the forest. The team spots her. Daniel, they they or they they spot her. They see that she's going over to a cliff edge. Daniel knows what the score is and goes to grab her from the cliff edge, and then poof, there are her bodyguards. Well, she does cry out. Oh, right when he saves her. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. otherwise, those bodyguards would really suck if they were there watching her try to commit suicide, but not going to stop that. They cannot touch the royal personage. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and her name is Shyla, by the way. Yeah, yeah, she she doesn't seem very shy, la. <laughs> yeah, I think I have uh, Be Thirstier written in like three different places in my notes. <laughs> well, after that happens, we get, our, we get the theme, of course. Mm-hmm. And then they're brought into the throne room where we meet Pyrus, the Godslayer. Has he been called the Godslayer yet? I believe he has. I believe this is when he is called the Godslayer. Okay, very well. So, Pyrus the Godslayer. My father, Pyrus the Godslayer and ruler of this planet. And then they tell him they're from Earth. He asks what mm-hmm. gold is there. They say there's no gold. He's like, you're lying to me. There are gold everywhere. Except, you know, he lives on a planet with no gold. But that's beside the point. Yeah. He says that they're thieves and sentences them, sentences them to a life sentence in the mines. Which is, interestingly, uh, in the past three episodes this is the second time that sg1 has been sentenced has been sentenced to a life sentence get there (laughs) two out of the past three episodes sg1 has been given a life sentence and then sent into like a dank underground yeah dank place except not the good kind of dank (laughs) 
No, there were no memes to be found. Uh, yeah, like not even like a solid like teal eyebrow raise or anything. I couldn't find any gifts of this episode. That's that's a real shame. Although really not that surprising. Yeah, it's a common thing. This episode was fine. You know, it was fine. Because when I post on Twitter that I'm watching an episode, I try to post a GIF. Yeah. Uh, for Stargate, there are often no GIFs. That's like, a pity. There are plenty of Stargate GIFs out there, but... Couldn't you make your own? That's way more work than I'm willing to put in. Oh, I see. <laughs> Especially be you can't, like... You, you you really needed to do that from a computer. You Well, there probably are GIF-making apps for iPhone, but... I don't have any. Neat. So they're down in the cave. They are in the cave. And they try to escape. Yes. But Daniel gets caught in a in a rock collapse after an errant staff blast. Are we going to count this? Because he would have died. He would have died. I think we can count it. Okay. Okay. Then Daniel death count four. Are we counting the fact that he... We're not counting the the gold ship because he didn't die then which gold ship (laughs) in uh the at the beginning of the season right i thought you meant from the movie no we do count that right okay so that's one i forgot the movie yeah so that's one ambush is two yep and then wait no what's three three is yeah the 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 season layover but he didn't actually die but he would have died. He would have died. I think we can count it. And then are we counting... I forget. Are we counting fire and water as half a death? No. That, I mean, that that's a false one. All of these are false. No, no, they're not. No, 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 no. In any given scenario where Daniel Jackson was either completely dead or would be dead had he not been put into the sarcophagus or met the Knox, that's a death. He was, in fact, completely dead when he met the Nox. Right. So, obviously a death. And if he did, like, if, if, if he was beyond help outside of magic or technology, hmm. then that's a death. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, we can, count, we can count this. We can count the beginning of the season. Was he mortally yeah. wounded, though? He was in bad shape, man. Not like this time. I think he... This time he think he was, but... When he got... Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no. Like, like, this time he was toast. When he got shot. Hmm. Okay, okay, you know what? I'll give you three and a half. Okay. (laughs) This time he definitely would have died. Yeah. And because they try to save Daniel, they get captured again. What are you gonna do? You gotta, you know, live by the team, die by the team. Or, well, be enslaved by the team. Yeah, and then we get Pyrus talking to Shyla, and he's saying that they obviously must be agents of a distant god come to, you know, steal the Naquita. Right. And what better place to put them than where we get all the Naquita? <laughs> and then Daniel comes out of the sarcophagus. Does the sarcophagus seem to move, like, super jerky to you? A little, yeah. I didn't uh, think about it a whole lot, but like thinking back, I, yeah, a little. But especially, like, when it was closing, it seemed like it Maybe... was super jerky. Maybe because of its age, and they don't have anybody qualified to, uh, you know, like, re-grease the the hinges. It's a shame they didn't have the larger sarcophagus to put the sarcophagus in. They could solve those age problems. Yeah, but what happens when the larger sarcophagus starts breaking down? Whose sarcophagus is the sarcophagus? Oh. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. So then we find out that they call them trees. (laughs) Yes. Which was, according to the Stargate wiki, uh, put in there to make fun of the fact that there are always trees in every episode. It it, it, it kind of felt like they were poking fun, at, uh, poking fun at themselves with that one a little bit. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So, yeah, they find they, we find out that they're trees. Does Sherla ever... Oh, no, that's right. She does explain why she was trying to kill herself. It's because she had despaired that her, you know... She would never meet her true love. Destined man would never come. Well, person, I shouldn't assume. No, and I I think person's the right one, because she was pretty desperate, but I I wouldn't want to assume that she was so desperate that she would take a non-person. Right. You know, like, we call them trees, and I love them. I mean, that is a thing. There are people that are into that. 
Yeah. Uh, okay. It's not. It's not my thing, but they're not hurting yeah, anyone, no. so whatever. And so long as they're not hurting the trees, we need them to breathe. We do, in fact, need them to breathe. It's, okay, so. At a certain point, Daniel goes back to visit the rest of the team back in the caves. But I'm trying to figure and out... he's totally out of it when he does it. He's high as hell. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's super out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which he does just... twice. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I, just need, uh, no, I just need a little more time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did like when he says... And hey, I've used it before without any side effects. And look! Oh. No glasses. That looks like a side effect to me. Sam was great in this episode. Yes. Jack had um, some good Jackisms as well. Teal'c made a new friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm wondering, so he had been in, he had said he had been in and out of the sarcophagus another nine or ten times to this point. Mm-hmm. So how long had it been from Rockfall till Daniel going back to visit the rest of the team? I'd say at least a week. You think? I think so. I mean that uh, that would also square with how like the Sam and Jack's responses to like you know you're getting food or a feast oh yeah exactly that's yeah. what it sounds like like I feel like they were probably here for a month yeah that probably squares which also helps with Hammond's just sort of like completely stunned face when they come through yeah so one thing uh, that that struck me. I think it was the second time he visited them in the caves. Mm-hmm. Um, was, or was it, now, was he super high the first time around? Or? He was. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He was not high. He, he wasn't. He, oh, the very first time. No, okay. the very first time, no. He, the, and he had the, his yeah, 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 was the second time. Okay. Okay. But then the second time. He like the very first like the very first second that we see him because he also doesn't have any guards the second time, right? So the first time probably was like the, the next, next day, day or something. Yeah, but anyway, when it's uh like the second time around when there's no guards, when we first see him walk into the cave, he looks like pissed off, and I have to imagine that he's like, like he's either pissed, he's like oh, back in the caves, or it's like, oh man, I am so high. <laughs> I, I, I can't quite. It tell. can't be the second because he doesn't actually think he's high. He's high on life and love and feeling great. What? Oh yeah, it's true. But yeah, it was definitely the second time. But not all that much happened between the first and the second, except we saw a little bit of the feast. Yes, and we find out why he's named Pyrus the Godslayer. If you are lucky, he will tell you the story of how he became the Godslayer. Because he slew a god. I kill a god who ruled here. Because he says it like in between bites. Mm-hmm. So when he does come back and he's high as hell, uh, he yeah. does he does get pissy with Zach, with Jack. So how pissed at Jack is he? He's so pissed at Jack. He even says like he you know. It felt like a Rodney Dangerfield moment there. He's like, I get no respect. I didn't quite pick up on the Rodney Dangerfield aspect of it, but I agree that he kind of flies off the handle at Jack. Um, Not like full-blown ranting and raving like we see later in the lab. No, it's like, God, you never show me any respect. I have got everything under control, okay? God, you never show me any respect. Well, that's the story of my life. No respect. I don't know this. So then Sam has a vision. I No, not a vision. She calls it a vision. I mean, we don't get to see the vision. That just seems unfair. <laughs> okay, but she calls it one, so... Yeah, it's really more of like a, you know, internal, internal monologue or something. Like a, not even monologue. I don't know. Memory. It's kind of weird. Well, yeah, like a someone else's memory inside of her head. I don't, I don't know what one would call that. Yeah, she gets incepted with the sarcophagus idea. <laughs> I couldn't resist. Yeah. Uh, so she lays out 
for for the team that's not Daniel uh, that they don't use the sarcophagus because it it messes with the soul. Uh, but I can't remember what the word it she used was. It does bad things to you. It changes your mind. Takes something from you. Yeah, but then she's like, Teal, what does word? Kalach. Or Kalash, I think is how she pronounces it, although the subtitles say Kalach. Right, okay. And, yeah. and Teal tells that us that means soul. Yes. Right. Or like, it is what you would call the soul or something like that. It means one's soul. Cool. So, anyway. Uh, Jack then... You know, has his little meeting with Daniel. I honestly can't remember if I if I thought this the first time around, or if it was only because I had seen it and then watching it the second time around. What popped into my head was the same thing that Jack said was the man who would be king. That was a good line. Yeah, but what I wrote was the Dan Yule who would be king. Nice. Yeah. And then yeah, Daniel like hops down from the throne and sits on the edge of the dais with swinging his legs and just sort of stares at Jack. Uh, yeah, and. I actually really like this scene, and it made me think of this sort of, like, there's a lot about this episode that if it were done today in, like, the current TV climate, mm-hmm. that they would have spent a lot more time on this whole thing, as in, like, a couple, three episodes worth of Daniel becoming addicted to this thing. Yes. And I would have loved to see like an entire episode of like drugged out evil villain, uh, evil villain Daniel. I'm glad it's not just me that's can't pronounce words tonight. Yeah, you know, like like the one part where he just, he like he, like claps Jack on the shoulder or something. He goes, "She loves me." Yes. Yeah, you know, that you know, like all of that, like that. It would have been interesting to see more of it, but. I'm sure that in our very next episode, there won't be any mention of this ever again. Sam is the only person who's ever going to be affected by the things that happened to her. Yeah. F- find it interesting that drugged out Daniel is willing to just be like, eh, Sharae, whatever. Well, I mean, that's emphasizes to uh, to us, the viewer, how out of his mind he is. Yes. Because he's definitely has not given up on Sharae, as we know from future knowledge. Yeah. So what happens after Jack and Daniel have their little uh, powwow? We see Shyla and Pyrus, and Pyrus appears to be very weak, much weaker than we saw him just, you know, a little bit ago. Right. And and he's saying that he hopes she's right about Daniel because, Mm -hmm. you know, otherwise she'd be wrong. (laughs) (laughs) uh, And then we cut to... Shiloh saying farewell and saying that they're mm-hmm. always welcome on this planet mm-hmm. and she and Daniel share a passionate kiss and then they go through the gate. Yeah. And then uh, Jack Jack gives the general the rundown of what happened, has a couple and little... I love the expression on Hammond's face. Yes. We then have Daniel getting looked over by Dr. Fraser with Sam talking to him. It gets progressively antsier. Yes. Almost like he's going through withdrawal or something. Or something. Yeah. We get that fight in the lab. Mm-hmm. And then he comes up to Hammond to tender his resignation and requests to go back to the planet. And then Jack is like, request denied. And Daniel yeah. angrily to Jack says, I wasn't asking you. And he has a point. He does. Yeah. <laughs> Jack can't really doesn't really have the authority to deny that request. But it's a moot point because then Daniel collapses. Right. It's taken off to the infirmary. They have a chat. Like, not with Daniel. The rest of the people. They all have a chat. Yep, we get to see Dr. Fraser. Right. Yes, indeed. Always a good time. Uh, they make the decision to basically let his body... Daniel has, like, super strength. Because... Yeah, that was weird. Where he's already been like in this medically induced coma or knockout state for a while, like a day or more. But he manages to throw Teal'c away. Uh, yeah. And then Jack, like, does a flying tackle on him. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I was thinking of later, I'd forgotten all about throwing Teal'c cr- halfway across the room, uh, to when, like, when he had been, like, weaning off of the effects and his system coming back into balance where Fraser goes in to check on him and he breaks out of his restraints 
And I'm pretty sure he beat that guard to death. Like, I'm pretty sure that guard's dead. Whoa, I missed that. I mean, all we see is Daniel... Like, we only see Daniel. The guard is under him, and Daniel's punching and punching and punching oh, and punching. yeah. I'm pretty sure that guard's dead. If he's not dead, he's certainly messed up. Yeah. Daniel apparently wanted to destroy something beautiful. Yeah. And, and then Daniel runs away and hides in a supply closet. Yes. And then he and Jack have... You know, man to man, heart to heart, and we conversation. apparently learned from that Jack has at some point in his past dealt with addiction. Uh, yeah, I and we're never going to explore that ever again, which yeah. really upsets me. Yes, like I said, I, I mean, if this was a a show being done today, we seriously we would see two or three episodes of of this whole story. Of, yes, there's just so there's so much to to be explored here that we're missing out on. Mm-hmm. Jack just has this line of They know what this is They know what it's like You can get through it Tell us more Yeah You're already very interesting Jack But this is also interesting Alright so then we cut forward to Most likely a few days later Because Daniel appears to be mm-hmm. Completely recovered Clear eyed and bushy tailed Yeah Well Somewhat clear-eyed. He has to wear his glasses again, after all. His eyes can be clear, but still be out of focus. That's the title of this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, that's amazing. That's that's a perfect title for the episode. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm wondering, when they go back to the planet so that Daniel can convince Shyla... Mm-hmm. To blow up the sarcophagus. There's a couple things about this. Ooh, ooh, me too. Me too. Okay, what? Give me your thing. They shouldn't have blown up the sarcophagus. Okay, that's not where I was going at all. So <laughs> I'm gonna. Okay, why? All right. So obviously the sarcophagus has problems with prolonged use. Yeah. But it also has super great benefits if you know you're dying. If it's a one-time use. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like. They should have kept that, like, being like, and we're going to take this, Shyla, so that you don't be tem- become right, tempted yeah. to use it. But that would be a super great thing for them to have. Think about all the people they could prevent from dying. <sighs> Flip side, Mayborn. Ooh, good call. Because it would not have been kept at the SGC. Yeah, that's fair. So my thing was they leveled a staff weapon at it and fire, and it looks like it hit by a zat. Staffs make things go boom, not Well, I thought that was, like, because it had energy in it. No. I don't... I mean, maybe. But whatever. My other thing. Mm-hmm. When Daniel finds out earlier in the episode that Pyrus is 700 years old. Yep. He turns to Shyla and says, oh, gosh, does that mean you're? And she says, no, I've not yet had to use it to prolong my life. Mm-hmm. But then he's having a conversation with her just before she pulls the trigger on the staff weapon to blow it up. And he's saying that, you know, like the next few days will be hard or something to that effect. It's going to be bad. Trust me. But you don't have to do this alone. As if to say that she that she's also going to be going through the withdrawal. Oh, that's a good point. Maybe she had start had they started to do it together. Maybe, but they ne- we never see that. There's not nearly enough room in there for both of them. No, I don't mean. I understand that, but we never see her do it, so I don't know. Right? Maybe she had started using it after her father died. Is there? But how would Daniel know that? Is there like a setting that it's like no, no, don't heal me, just you know, give me high. Do you want to get high? <laughs> I'm Dr. Roxo, the rock and roll Gould. <laughs> I do sarcophagus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and that's pretty much it for the episode. It's it, it, that they. I don't think there was much of anything after that. I mean, there was some discussion. No, was, I think before that was the end. Yeah, there, and there was a little bit of discussion before that about how the SGC would help out the planet if the ghoul did ever return because they stopped receiving their three kilograms of knack, whatever, every however often. Okay, yeah. No, the staff 
blast was the normal blast. It was only the sarcophagus that did the lightning stuff. Uh, yeah, but it, like the staff blast had so little effect on the sarcophagus. Like I wasn't that that was my point. Like I was expecting the sarcophagus to I don't know like catch on fire, or explode in a thousand pieces or something. Mm, I don't know. Doesn't it? Oh no! I guess it was only bullets in Hathor. They didn't have any staff weapons. Right. There was burning water though. <laughs> it was an episode. Yeah. It was fine. And that's what I was saying. I didn't really have much of anything noteworthy in the literal sense on this one because it was decent. It it wasn't bad. We get it, a little bit more background on the Tokra. Yep. And we get a lot more background on the sarcophagus. Yes. You know, Daniel dies again. It's always a good episode when Daniel dies. Is it always a good episode when Daniel dies? No. Because, yeah, I'm actually not that big a fan of the one where he... Mm. Like, the Daniel parts of it. The Jonas Quinn parts, obviously. Sure. But anyway. That's much later in the down the road. <laughs> yeah. And before we can get to that, we need to talk about our episode next week. Yes, we do. Well, what are we watching? A sequel to one of our favorite season one episodes and that's going to be thor's chariot yes it is i'm looking forward to it yeah me too but that's going to be next week mm-hmm. for this week we're all done yeah it was a short one but uh you know that's what you get when you uh, don't bring your a game on exploring addiction and recovery and evil daniel so what are you gonna do it's a shame that the sarcophagus is that the sarcophagus doesn't also make you grow a goatee. Because <laughs> this... <laughs> the sarcophagus is actually like a like a, like a a portal to the to mirror gate. Yes. And I suppose that we don't... I mean, we have mirror universes in Stargate. But we don't have the mirror universe. Man, how awesome would it be seeing them ham that sort of thing up in Stargate? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. I'm sad that we don't have the the mirror universe on Stargate. Obviously, it would have been a little tricky for them to do something just like that. Yeah. Do, but, in in mirror universe Stargate, would Mayborn be good or just more evil? I think more evil. Okay, okay. I have trouble with the concept of good Mayborn. Yeah. Kenzie would obviously be president or emperor or something. Yeah, it would be Emperor Kenzie, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well... We'll have to revisit that idea. <laughs> I like it. Uh, yeah. Uh, tell you what, send us your suggestions for how Mirror Universe Stargate would play out. You can find us on Twitter at Stargate Weekly. You can also find us on Facebook at Stargate Weekly. And our email address is StargateWeekly at gmail.com. Uh, I mean, obviously, you can also find us individually on Twitter. I'm Gamicus. And I am Tyrannicus. And hope you join us next week. Uh, do please subscribe if you haven't already. And if uh, you're enjoying Stargate Weekly, we have another uh, sister podcast that Thad and I do, Delta Flyer, where we discuss Star Trek Voyager. Well, that's our show. Yeah. So you may remember from last week that we had started doing the 31 Days of Stargate. Uh, So this week we're going to continue on with that, uh, starting with number eight, favorite male character, Stuart. Who is your favorite male character? Well, before I get to that, we are are joined again by Ben Nielsen, who's going to be with us throughout throughout this very special after show run. Uh, Absolutely. Ben, I'm sorry for forgetting that you were here. Welcome, Trya, my fellow Stargate Weekly fans, and thanks for having me on. Ben is my favorite male character. No, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Way to suck up to the guest. It's working.
How else do we get guests? <laughs> That's fair. So, number eight, my favorite male character, Rodney McKay. Hmm. You disagree. I do not. Number eight, my favorite <laughs> male character, Rodney McKay. <laughs> <laughs> I could have ben? written this for you guys. Um, <laughs> uh, my, I have two, because, again, I don't play by the rules. Um, the first is Jacob Carter. Nice. Uh, or Selmak. Um, he's just great, and I feel like he's already kind of above it all and can and can sort of um, quiet down sort of situations when they're happening because he just sort of goes in, takes charge, gets it done. And then when you put a, like, centuries-old <laughs> Tok'ra in him, it just gets better. So that's my favorite. And then... You don't just slap a U.S. Air Force sticker on the side of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and then, of course, the other is um, General Landry, who um, Ooh, had nice. a really, really big job to fill um naturally and did a really good job um and i like to call him general dad yeah i just thought he because again like how do you follow the act of like donna Davis? oh yeah oh yes definitely <laughs> those are my His two whistling ducks was that it <laughs> oh there's a it's a specific kind of whistling duck. i think they were fulvis whistling ducks if i'm not mistaken that's yes. a real deep cut and i could be completely wrong i think you're right Yes, yes, the full yeah, full of us whistling ducks. <laughs> I earned my place as the guest star this week. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. So number nine is an underrated character that you love. Ben, what is an underrated character that you love? So again, this is impossible because I'm gonna say this as an underrated character and someone's gonna go, This is why I tuned in every week. Uh except that uh she was only on a couple episodes, so I don't know why that would be the case. Um but my choice was uh Dr. Sarah Gardner. Or as we come to know her, Osiris. Because um, anybody, yeah, I think it. Is, I think it is challenging to come in and play Gaul without it being like Nerus, or you're just a complete clown. Mm-hmm. Um, and she actually does a bit of pretty solid level acting, even while being this, you know, homicidal maniac. So, um, yeah, that relationship. And as I talked about last week. Um, certainly the the summit arc is one of my favorite two-parters so she plays a big part in that yeah all right Stuart. well so for me underrated characters and a i didn't think to go to imdb and if i had it wouldn't have helped me unlike you guys last week being all scientific <laughs> uh so i'm just have to guess and say that people think that siler is underrated i believe it, it does take a lot of hits for the actually team. you know what i have a better answer than siler i'm gonna go with um in the episode, the trainees episode, where the cadets, the girl who actually figures out like there's something hinky going on that Jack turns to to help him with that, and then later shows up again in a later episode in another episode to actually go off world with Carter. Yeah. Okay. I don't remember her name, but yeah, that works. Uh, I think it was Jennifer Haley. Yes. Yes, it that was. was it. Well, we need Which... you on every episode then. <laughs> I don't want to oh, take credit for that one. I have a special memory of Elliot. <laughs> ah. um, and so, because he's obviously gorgeous. And so I just looked him up and then looked up her name after. Oh, okay. So my underrated character is Radic Zelenka. <laughs> Very nice. Exactly. Nice. Because he's in so many episodes of Atlantis probably the majority of them and he he's basically in a way he's the siler of atlantis because all the bad things do seem to happen to him he gets shocked by lightning mm-hmm. quite a bit and yeah <laughs> oh yeah and i like how he and mckay have this ongoing feud over which one is actually smarter mm-hmm. and yeah i loved him in letters from pedagasis yes yeah he's going yeah, on yeah, and yeah. on in check yes security clearance <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a really strong episode as well. So we can put that on the great It's too. Yeah, you know, Stargate is the only franchise that I can think of that has clip shows I actually like. Exactly. I don't really have a problem <laughs> with politics, honestly. And Disclosure is amazing. <laughs> and we can't forget Citizen Joe. No. Yeah, absolutely. Would you like an unrelated fun fact? Sure. There are episodes of uh, Stargate called both Shades of Grey and Threshold, and they're both actually good. 
Nice. Yes, there are. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, IMDb episode search earlier today. I think there's one also <laughs> called Nemesis. Oh, yeah, there totally is that I already mentioned last week. Yeah. Okay, well, <laughs> that's an even more fun fact. Well done. All right. Yeah, no, that's good. Uh, another clip show. There are not all of the clip shows are good because no. I do not care for Inquisition, for instance. That's the one from Atlantis, right? Yeah, where they're put on trial and Woolsey has to lawyer yeah, them out yeah. of it. I like the very I, I like the last thirty seconds of that episode with Woolsey and Shepard on the on the balcony. Yes, but when they're smoking cigars. Up until that yes. point, yeah, yeah. But anyway, let's continue on here. Uh, a character with whom I want to be BFFs. I went with John Shepard for this one. As Eli. Ooh, nice. Also good. Uh, I went with Jonas Quinn. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. I would try really, really hard to make him laugh. And I would want him to think I was his funny friend. <laughs> I think it wouldn't be hard to make him laugh. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't, and that's why it would work. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, for me, a big part of the John Shepard is because, well, if you haven't guessed, I basically would love to just be Rodney McKay. So, <laughs> um, and uh, Shepard is obviously his BFF, at least by the end of the show. And but J- Shepard is just a cool guy in general. He's not like he's he's always got the the witty repartee to you know talk to anybody, and he's just a sort of down to earth fun guy. Yeah, it's a good choice. Very solid. I like Eli though. That's a good choice too, Stuart. Thank you. Let's see if you continue the streak of good choices. And who is your choice for favorite actress? I don't know if Amanda Tapping is too obvious. I mean, it might be, but it's a great choice. It's also a correct answer. So She's on all three seasons. She can carry an episode all on her own. Amanda Tapping is amazing. Uh, if I'm not allowed to pick Amanda Tapping, tail rothery. Mm. Excellent. You can certainly pick Amanda Tapping. It doesn't say favorite non-main character actress. <laughs> and yeah, everything you said about Amanda Tapping is 100% correct. Although I was stuck in a tight spot because I, I like Universe had so few solid actresses or female characters, in my opinion. It had a few of them, but it did have at least one because my choice for favorite actress was Ming-Na Wen. So good. My choice was also Ming-Na, because <laughs> she's fantastic, and that character, well, we'll talk about that later, but uh, also okay. um, Tori Higginson, because Ooh, yeah. just oh, amazing. Yeah. Yes, she definitely did the better job of playing Dr. Elizabeth Weir. Which is not a slight on the other actress, who also did it well. You just can't compete. No, no. Uh, yeah, no, I, I actually really liked the, the first rendition of, of There were actually two actresses, two other actresses who played yeah. Elizabeth Weir. Really? Yeah, because there was the episode where her mind came back. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, you're right. I was thinking of the first go-around. Yeah. Yeah, I liked her too, but obviously Tori Higginson took that role and made it her own. Yes. Honestly, one of my favorite scenes with Tori Higginson is not from Atlantis. It's from the beginning of season eight of SG-1, when she basically just tells the system lords where to take it, where to shove it. Yep, exactly. Ooh. She and bluffs the good. system lords, yeah. And then Daniel's like, I didn't realize we wanted to become a system lord. <laughs> Planets, armies, ships, isn't that how this works? Oh, so good. <laughs> so, Ben, who's your favorite actor? So, my favorite actor, again, I don't follow rules, so I have two. Okay. <laughs> I think one is Bo Bridges, but that is probably because I like everything Bo Bridges has ever done. And so I retroactively... I mean, I don't disagree with that. No, but it's a really good choice. No, that's, no. that's fair. Yeah. Um, but I just, because it was never going to show up anywhere else, um, J.R. Bourne, who plays Martouf, really, really solid. Interesting. And Martouf is, was a really amazing character and a, yeah. an early crush. So certainly him mm-hmm. for very, various reasons. I can understand why Martouf would be a crush. Yes. <laughs> I mean, people get it. Martouf's death yeah. still pisses me off. Yep, because it was just such a waste. Mm-hmm. So, Stuart, who did you choose? I may botch the pronunciation. Caven Smith. Okay. I don't know if it's pronounced Cavan or Caven. Uh, All right, yeah. Major Lorne 
from both SG one and then he has a larger role on Atlantis and he's this side character. He, you know, major Lawrence, a side character with a lot of depth that you don't necessarily see. Like, I mean, like the, the, the thing that always sticks out in my head is the one episode where you find him. He's just sitting on one of the piers of Atlantis painting. Yeah. That's the Sunday Kevin or Kevin. Uh, I can't, remember. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Kevin. Um, like and Caven Smith always played that character so earnestly. He he never treated it like he was playing a side role, and it was always I always always look forward to an episode with Major Lorne in it. My favorite Major Lorne episode is, and I can't remember the title of the episode off the top of my head, but the one where they have amnesia. Oh my God! This is your commander. Yes. That's right. I am your commanding officer. Now do what he says. Yes. yes. <laughs> but anyway, uh, uh, Lorne is has a very big part in that because he and the other soldiers have been taking stimulants, so they're like semi lucid but don't remember anything. And mm-hmm. yeah, he they play it just really well. I like that choice too because I, if I'm not mistaken, this character is actually introduced in a cool episode of SG One where they have like mining on a planet yep. of Unas. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That episode also has um can't remember the name of the actor's name, but he was on The Walking Dead and Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, Michael Rooker? Yes. He's in that episode I... of the Unis too. He's the commander of the leader of the mining people. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's weird cuz he nice. has hair. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but anyway, my favorite actor should come as no surprise to people who have been listening to my other picks. It's David Hewlett. (laughs) What? (laughs) Out of left field. I know, right? Dark horse. Yeah. How esoteric. Goodness. So that leads into my favorite couple, which probably also comes as no surprise. It's McKay and Keller. Okay. Short-lived, but solid. Well, for all we know, they're still together. That's true. I had not considered that. All right. For me, my favorite pick is Daniel and Vala. Ooh, nice. That's a good pick. That's yeah. a good pick. Yeah, no, I'll, I I would like I like that one. That's a good one. Uh, my pick, uh, my pick is actually from um, SGU, so it's Camille and Sharon Walker. Nice. Yeah, because they actually stay together even with the distance and the stones weirdness. Oh yeah, no, that is good. Yeah, it's a really. You know, obviously representation matters, so that was really cool as a teenager, but certainly also, I mean, by the time this was on, I was, <laughs> I had figured stuff out, um, but certainly having them uh, sort of as a just mm-hmm. couple and like not complicated, only complicated because obviously they're across the galaxy from each other, but other than that, they were just sort of a, a loving couple and I loved it. Yeah. Oh, and Thad, that answers our question. Oh yep. my God. Yeah. I just had the same thing. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so, listeners who caught our our episode on Stargate Origins a couple Uh-oh. of weeks ago, uh, we completely like, when we were asking ourselves, "Is this the first time we've had an like an obviously gay couple on screen?" No, no, it wasn't. Uh, yeah. No, there was sorry. a good one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, no. To be fair, uh, I would say Wasif was probably the best part of Stargate Origins. That's hands fair. down. <laughs> But you know, that's... Yeah, no. If, if this was thirty-one days of Stargate Origins, it's like Wasif is just my answer for everything. You know, favorite female character, Wasif. Yep. Favorite villain, Wasif. If this was thirty-one <laughs> days of Stargate Origins, my answer would be, I quit. <laughs> oh. A hot take. Hot take. Very controversial in the fandom, certainly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I wanted to say something. Oh, about Stuart's pick, uh, Daniel and Vela. Mm-hmm. You guys think that sh- they end up together? No. no. Yeah, probably not. I, I I think that the life that they shared in Unending is the only scenario where that happens. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree with that. I think it is the exact opposite of um, All Good Things from Star Trek TNG, where, like... Beverly and Picard get together and then divorce. I think in the real universe they get together and then they're just a couple. I think Unending is the one where it works for Daniel and Vala, and in the real world they don't do that. 
So for 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 what it's worth, they do get together in the novels. Uh, Picard and Crusher. Correct. Okay. <laughs> it is so. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. So the next one is favorite friendship, Stuart. Well, I'm gonna steal yours. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> it's Rodney and Shepard. Yeah, that's mine too. <laughs> And, and nothing for me exemplifies it better than um, obviously Tower of Rodney, mm-hmm. which I called out last week as like my favorite episode. Um, but uh, think about uh, the game where they have where they're yes. you know, playing Civilization and realize they're actually playing with real people's lives, or uh, the crossover episode between SG One and Atlantis, where it's if, if he gives you any trouble, just scare him with this. Uh, and, and tosses um, a lemon, <laughs> like just yeah, it, just outstanding friendship on screen. Um, real solid chemistry between the two of them. I loved it a lot. I would also to to your list. I would also add the shrine because Shepard was the one that was absolutely one hundred percent sure that they were going to the shrine, no matter how many wraith were in between them and the shrine. Yeah, and uh, also the beginning of the two-parter with daniel jackson uh where they're just goofing around racing remote control cars in the corridor (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's just yeah anyway uh ben what's your pick that's probably not shepherd mckay uh my uh pick for favorite friendship is um sam and janet okay uh, in particular, I I like how they have a really good sort of professional geniuses relationship, but then also clearly they hang out outside of work too. Because Sam's always shown up to Cassandra's birthday parties, mm-hmm. and I like to think that they have a book club. But that's not a fanfic. That's just certainly <laughs> that hasn't been written by anybody. Clearly, uh, no. But I like I really really enjoy their friendship on the show, and a really yet another really good example that. Um, Stargate does of professional women not competing or putting each other down, but supporting each other. Yeah. I like it. Alright. So the... Well, nope, we're done. That's it for this week. <laughs> done. Na dně moře máme failsafe mechanismus. Obrovskou silou vytrhl kotvu města ze dna oceánu. My jsme... Zhrozili jsme se. Zhrozili jsme se. Neuvěřitelný. Co se to děje? A ten hluk? Security clearance. 